Hi, you're listening to WRBH Radio, 88.3 FM. This is your host of New Orleans by Mouth, Chef Amy Sins. And here on the line with us today, I have a friend who I was fortunate enough to meet up in Shreveport, Louisiana. And her name is Miss Chef, Miss Chef. <laughs> so I don't have to call you Miss <laughs> Miss Chef because she's Miss Hardette, but she's really Chef Hardette Harris. And she is going to talk with us today about North Louisiana food and the passion that all of us in Louisiana put in our food, and I'm just so glad to have her on the show today. So thanks, Chef Hardette, for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Well, I, I'm still kind of giggling because uh, I, all my listeners out there know that sometimes I find my people for the show on Facebook and I just kind of start <laughs> Facebook stalking them and want to be their friend because their food looks good. And I giggled oh, because you. Facebook totally messed up your name on Facebook and it's like calling you the wrong thing. And I've been calling you the wrong thing for the last like four <laughs> months since it changed. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny because I, I pleaded to Mark Zuckerberg. I kind of hashtag him, tagged him and hopefully he would see it and say, please give me my name back. <laughs> Someone reported Chef H.D. Harris as like not my name, whoever. I have no idea what hater that was. And so it locked me out, and I'm I'm just scrambling one night trying to get back in. And I said, well, let me just try debt. And let me just try all these things. And it took it, and I couldn't go back and change it. And it still <laughs> won't let me change it. And now people are calling me debt and Chef D and Hey D, and that's not my name. And I bet your mama's <laughs> mad, too, because she's probably oh, like. She, yeah, she <laughs> doesn't like that at all. She <laughs> believes in whole names. She doesn't like nicknames at all. Well, and, you know, I, I growing up, I grew up in a small town, and not only do our moms uh, believe in our whole names? Sometimes they believe in the whole name, like first, middle, and last, especially if you're in trouble. Yes, so. <laughs> yes, yes. My mom does the same thing. She calls my whole name and a little cute name on the end. She calls me Peaches and Cream. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so, so funny. Chef Hardet, I want to talk a little bit because we met years ago when I was up in Shreveport for an event, and I just find that. It's exciting to see how, you know, culinary entrepreneurs adapt and change and follow their passions, but the ultimate goal is to provide good food. And it seems like you've had a, a fun and exciting winding road for the last few years. Yeah, I have. And it's still as surprising to me as it was day one. Really, my ultimate goal was to just put a plate of North Louisiana traditional cuisine in front of people and say, look, look, this is what we eat. We aren't Cajun. We aren't Creole. We aren't French. This is our food. And we need to start eating it and let everybody know that comes to visit us here or all over the world that here, this is our food and we, we're really good at it. And I feel like it's something that's really important for us to talk about because we talk so much here in South Louisiana. We have Cajun and Creole, and we, you know, argue over where the line is and where mm -hmm. we interact, but we kind of leave Central and North Louisiana out of the argument. <laughs> We're like, y'all right. don't want to get involved in our arguments down here, but we <laughs> don't right. always... That's family business. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is our family problem, but we don't really think about how the food changes as you move North throughout the state of Louisiana. So talk a little bit about what that means. 
Well, really, you know, people ask me, where do you cut off the whole North Louisiana thing? And a lot of times I just say Alexandria, Natchitoches area. Um, it starts to be a little more southern, South Louisiana type food. Uh, the closer you get to the to the coast and to more to the waters up north, we're more about our fields and fresh waters. So um, it's our it's our fresh vegetables, our farming um, that makes us unique, and that we utilize that like for real. You know, at the farmers markets, we're packed to the brim. We're buying that stuff and we're we're cooking it. And our farms and our smoked meats, that's what we're known for. So, um, it's you know, there are people here that are French. They're Creole Cajun. They do it very, very well. But it's just like if you go to New Orleans, people there eat, cook etouffee and gumbo the best than, you know, anywhere in the world. You go to Maryland, you get crab cakes, authentic, people that have been making that all their lives. And we have the same thing here. We just don't know that it's a cool thing. And if we don't, we don't think it's cool. No one else is going to think it's cool. And I think that's the difference between New Orleans and um, up north here is that New Orleans recognizes that, that tradition. So how are you changing the minds of people so that they stop and realize, hey, we have our own cuisine here and we need to celebrate it? it it's working. You know, when this first started, um, I really just wanted to have a dinner, sell tickets to a dinner and say, hey, we're going to celebrate North Louisiana cuisine. And that's how I'm going to start this thing. I never planned for anything else other than this is the way we'll do it. Well, everybody was so happy about that. At that first dinner I had, Governor, I mean, um, uh, State Representative Gene Reynolds was there. And he was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And that we had an interview with NPR, and I'm thinking, what? People are really interested, you know? And then after that, I got a book deal with History Press to write the Culinary History of North Louisiana, which is now turned into a cookbook and became uh, Louisiana of the Year for taking on this task of the official state mail. And that's something else we can talk about. But the point is, is that, you know, we're proud of it, and mm-hmm. it's just our food, and it's like, yeah, that is that is a big deal. And I don't know how long it's going to take for be- to become the norm. I may be dead and gone, but it's it's been a journey. And But people see it, and, and I think they recognize it. We just, we're still trying to figure out how to really do this. And I think the only way to do it is to just cook it in its authentic way and put it in, in front of people and, and have them to eat it. And I love that. And I, I, I think if you look all over the world and all over the country, there are pockets of people who celebrate their local homegrown food. And it, you know, it may change by, you know, how far you are from the water mm-hmm. and how far you right. are from, you know, uh, you know, farms. But there's this this passion that is behind all good food and there are mm-hmm. people and stories behind all good food. Exactly. That's exactly right. Um, we had the Miss USA pageant here a couple of years ago. And of course, Miss USA pageant, Miss Team uh, USA, people are coming from everywhere. They've never even been down south. So we had our press conference and I think it was a mayor's representative. They said, we're going to welcome everybody to Shreveport we're going to, you know, roll out the red carpet and, you know, have all this from our hospitality and stuff them full of Cajun food. And I'm thinking Cajun food. 
You know, yeah. we have our we have our own food. And so just like you say, we you know, there are pockets of people well, everywhere, everywhere all over the world. If you go to the south of France and you, 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 you stop to eat, you want to eat the food there. Right. When you come, you go to New Orleans, you know, what do they look like serving you spaghetti? You know what I mean? Right. You want to eat New Orleans food. And it's the same thing here. And so I just think um, people are interested. People from other places are interested. I think it's just so normal to us that we don't think it's a big deal. Yeah, we're so lucky. We kind of take it for granted because we have such great food everywhere in the state. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And it's fresh. You know, we have freshwater fish. Our catfish is fresh, you know. Uh, We have buffalo. You know, all the food, all the freshwater fish and vegetables, pecans and peaches. And, you know, I didn't know until I moved back here a few years ago that there were strawberry fields and blueberry fields right here in Shreveport where you can just go out and pick all these fresh blueberries. So it's just like when we're in awe of people in California that have lemon trees in their backyard or avocado trees. It's like, oh, my God, how great is that? We have the same thing here. And so I just think it's going to have, it's like a puzzle. We're going to have to put it together and kind of maybe present it as a whole. And and, and I think that's what I tried to do with the official mail. And I think, it, I think it's going to work. It's just going to take a little while. Well, so when we're thinking and we're talking about the ingredients and the food and the flavors in North Louisiana, you know, I have certain things in my mind that I think of, but what are, you know, what are, what's a typical meal or if that's such a thing or an official traditional meal well when you look at it it's pretty much like anywhere else what did you grow up eating what did your grandmother cook for you when you were younger because that's kind of where your tradition and your roots came from because they're cooking with their parents and grandparents cooking they you know so that's really what it is so what we eat when i've done dinners or wherever I've been, everybody says you hit the nail on the head. And these people are all races, socioeconomic uh, platform, everybody. It just it just doesn't matter. It, it crosses all those lines. And so what it looks like is to everybody, a lot of times the purple whole peas and the greens and the freshwater fish and the cornbread, those are the things that are ours. Now, do they have that in other states? Yes. But is that something that they eat all of the time? Every Sunday growing up, did you have that? Did you have freshwater fish every Friday? Did you have? And so the way they're cooked, like with my greens, a lot of people put a lot of vinegar and pepper flakes and all that stuff. They do it here, too. But traditionally, that's not what. Our greens aren't filled with those types of flavors. And when people eat my greens, they're like, oh, my God, this is so good. I've had many people sit in my restaurant or at festivals in tears saying, I can't believe this. This just I just feel like my mom or my grandmother Aww. made these. And it's just taken. It. Yeah, it really happens. And I think what it is is that it's flavored with smoked meats and not much else. So the flavor of the greens are coming through like they did when those women used to cook it back in the day. See, they didn't have all those pepper flakes and all that extra stuff that people are putting in it now. So the flavor of the real vegetable came through. And that's really what North Louisiana food is unique for because, you know, everybody had a garden. So they went right out and got squash. They went right out and got cucumbers and tomatoes and put all that stuff together all of the time. 
So we know what a plate looks like. It's either fried or it's smothered. <laughs> yes. You know, my, my tombstone's gonna my tombstone's gonna say "Died from bread and gravy" because I believe everything <laughs> should be smothered in some kind of liquid on a plate. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and and that's the, the really good flavor of it. A lot of times, people say, "Oh my God, this was so good," and even though the things on the plate they were good, but you know what? I, a lot of times I notice is when I have rice and gravy or whatever in gravy and it's made with that old, old-fashioned roof flavor mm-hmm. type gravy, that's what they're tasting. And it just takes them back to, you know, those good times of, of, of you know, the old school cooking. And that's what and your pork chop, that's where your pork chop takes me. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. And so that's, that's really what I'm going for is for that taste. And not to say, you know, whatever else is not not good or not the thing, but we do have our traditions. And, and, you know, one of the things I really want to do is to teach youth and young people um, the basics of these recipes so that they can continue. Because if not, we it, it won't. It really won't. Like hot water cornbread is really easy to make, but no one's at home really making it. And that'll that'll go away. It'll die out, you know, if we don't teach our young people and excuse I, me, how to make it. I totally agree with that because I feel like, um, you know, that home cooking thing maybe missed a couple of generations as, you know, more people were working or people were busier, Mm -hmm, you know, all the kids are at soccer practice and baseball practice. And so people aren't cooking as much at home. And I feel like in the last maybe 15 years, we're trying to bring that back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I also feel like, you know, I've been to the grocery store and have had a zucchini and had the girl at the checkout line go, what is this? <laughs> and you realize yes. that there are there are whole groups of people that are not getting these beautiful fresh vegetables. So they don't know how to cook them because it's it hasn't been part of their their diet for whatever reason. Exactly. And the person that's checking you out is at least between 18 to 25, you yes. know, especially if it's a younger person. And if by that time they don't know what a zucchini is, and I've had that happen with corn, I, I was just stunned. She said, what is this? And, you know, it's, it's the whole corn with the, with the shucks on yes. it right out of the produce section, and she did not know. And it was really just sad. So it, it, there's some... There's some work that needs to be done, and it's not really that difficult. We're not talking about making, you know, um, beef bergeron or anything that's really complicated. We're talking about cooking fresh vegetables that you can get anywhere. And and, and, it, and even if they learn how to cook it, there has to be an appreciation for the taste. Because a lot of people that come in my restaurant are older people, and they're just excited. They're just, oh, this is so good. We, we couldn't wait to get here. And it's a certain age group that really, really, really appreciates those old school vegetables, you know, the way they're cooked. And I feel like there's a point, like as kids and as we grow into adulthood, our palate does change because I was mm-hmm. I was one of those kids that would look at all the green stuff on my plate and go, ew, I'm not eating that. <laughs> but now I buy collard greens at least once a week. I love them mm-hmm. charred. I like them mm-hmm. pan-seared. I like them stewed any way I can. But obviously there was some kind of change or, you know, I say try it at least three different ways before you decide you don't like something. 
because mm-hmm. how different people cook it, it may change. Right. But our palates start to change. And so I hope that these younger generations, as they're um, starting to embrace food and the food culture, that as their right. palates change, they they gravitate towards it. I, I hope so, too. And, and, and I'm kind of, you know, fearful that it may not happen as fast or it may, you know, I think it's, it's going to take a lot of work because, first of all, a, a bunch of greens have, they have to be picked and washed. Mm-hmm. And so that's a whole thing that's kind of keeping them out of the mix right there. And so if we can get them to want to do that or even go to that section of the produce, you know, section and pick out a bunch of greens and know what to do with it, uh, we've got to get that interest first of all. And then, you know, you're interested and then you can decide how you want to cook it. There's thousands of collard green recipes. I always tell people, you don't have to cook them the old-fashioned way that I do. Just cook the foods that are indigenous of your area. You know, this is what grows well here. And it's always in the store. So um, hopefully... They'll, they'll put that next to some chicken tenders or something one day. <laughs> well, so, you know, one of the things that we briefly talked about was, you know, the feel-good food. And mm-hmm. I I feel very strongly about it, and I would love to hear your definition of it. Feel-good food is just what you said a few minutes ago. It has a—you a, a, can— when, I, when I'm in a great mood and feeling really good for the day, I know that that goes into my food. And the thing about me is I'm a happy, feel-good food cooker person. So that I like that. that. That's your new title. <laughs> yes. And so what that means is I'm not cooking a pan of smothered pork chops just to put it on the line and, you know, have something ready for 12 o'clock when lunchtime hits. I really am cooking that for you. I want you to enjoy that. And, I, you know, I'm looking out, seeing you eat, and, you know, what's your response when it's it's over? If you just look at me and say, oh, that's great, then I know, wait a minute, something must, you know, wasn't. if you're kind of leaning back like, oh, my God, that was great, I know that's for real. And so I put passion into my gravy and, and the taste, and that's the kind of cook I am, which differs from, um, maybe someone that's just a line cook. I'm not saying they're not passionate about their work, but to me, when I'm cooking, I'm cooking just like it's one plate. And I know I became a chef to become a private. I mean, I went to culinary school to become a private chef. And that whole private chef thing was for that reason. So I could, you know, have an intimate relationship with my client. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted to cook a few plates of food so it could make them happy. You know, everybody looks forward to dinner. Everybody looks forward to good food. And, you know, they don't want to just put on the plate and kind of look good and that's it. You know, they, they want they want to, to, it to be an experience is what it is, an experience. And I think when you have cornbread, you can crumble up in your greens and you have a little pot liquor with it and that little onion flavor, that's a real country feel good plate. And a lot of people recognize that. And that's kind of what I'm going for. I'm not going for edible flowers or something so beautiful. You got to tear it down. That's, that's, that's something else. I'm not saying anything wrong with it. That's something else. What I'm doing is real country, old fashioned. Like if you went to your aunt Alice's in the country, you know, on a Sunday afternoon, she had a few pots on the plate and you ate what she cooked. There were no... There was no request, and you went in, you got a plate and a, and a fork, and you fixed your plate right out of the pot. 
And you remember, people remember that. They remember that, those experiences and those flavors. So but that's what feel good and, and happy food's about. And you know when, you know, I've had people that are in marriages and they're mad with their spouse for some reason or the other and they have to cook for them. You know, that bitter taste comes through. You know when someone's Absolutely. not happy. They're just they're just making that plate of corn and chicken, baked chicken, just for, to get you out of their face. And and you can tell. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I'm a firm believer in that. And I try not to cook when I'm in a bad mood. And I try to not cook when I'm stressed out, which, you know, when you're in the industry, that isn't always an option. Uh-huh. So but there's that moment that I stop. I take a deep breath and I have to like let all that out because I don't want to pass it on to anybody else. And as silly as That's it true. sounds, you know, I have cooked things that were total disasters. And I'm like, I cook this all the time. Why is this a disaster? <laughs> but that's Absolutely. why. Absolutely. I know that so well. And I know when I'm entering in a, a, a space of being burned out because it starts happening all the time. It's like making a cake. I haven't been able to get a cake, pull a cake together. And I'm thinking, I know I know how to make a cake, you know, <laughs> but when you're and you said it, when you're completely and totally stressed out, um, you just you're off and you have to stop, take a breath and, and reset. Well, so it seems like you have a lot of stuff going on. And, I, you know, I'm so proud of all the awards that you're winning and just oh, the you. fact that you you know, are a a spokesperson for the food of North Louisiana. So what's like next in your, your process? What are you doing next? Still trying to fill out the the restaurant and um, introduce North Louisiana cuisine, you know, back to the area. There are a lot of people that come in to visit that just Google it on, on, um, you know, Google soul food restaurants or whatever in in the area, they come in and really, I also want to get back into some private things. Like I said earlier, I really want to start teaching people how to cook these foods in their home. Um, I used to do uh, private in-home cooking classes for kids, adults, and small groups. And I really want to focus on teaching people how to make that authentic gravy, to get that taste, how to make greens the authentic way, Um and how to make cornbread, how to make hot water cornbread, how to make the tomato cucumber salad. And, and, and your listeners might be saying, that's really easy. That's, you know, everybody knows how to make that. Who can't make that? But a lot of people can't. And I didn't realize that there are just people that just didn't know how to cook. And even if you can cook, there's certain little things that go into a Southern dish that makes it really Southern and authentic. And so I want to uh, get back into that, how to pick greens, how to cook them, you know, uh, different than cooking, uh, you know, collard greens are different than cooking turnip greens and cooking spinach um, or kale or Swiss chard, um, frying fish, frying chicken, uh, just things like that and making cobblers and knife skills, you know, knife skills, a lot of basic knife skills people can use. So I want to start doing that. I want to get back to my culinary experiences. And those are where groups book a culinary experience with me. And I put out a huge spread of North Louisiana cuisine. Um, I do a presentation and I teach them how to make hot water cornbread. And when I started those, it was supposed to be, you know, how to make, you choose which one you want, hot water cornbread, how to handle greens, how to, you know, uh, 
do uh, purple hole peas, how to handle all of that. But the hot water cornbread took off, and it was so popular, um, it's kind of uh, stuck. So I had a group in from <laughs> I had a group in from Beijing a couple of years ago that you know they you know they were just here on a tour, and now they know how to make hot water cornbread. So that was pretty cool. That's so awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of things I want to want to continue doing, and I think the. There's a there's a lot to be done. I think there's a lot. I have a long way to go with pushing this North Louisiana thing. Well, it's really exciting, and I feel like um, as a state, uh, we need to all do better, no matter what part of the state you are, and to mm-hmm. encourage these guests that are here for maybe a week to to go and see other parts of the state and experience it, because I feel like the diversity of the people, the food, the even just the, you know, topography of the area, whether it's swampy or mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, farmland is exciting. And people could do a whole vacation just in the state of Louisiana. They really can. And, you know, everybody loves Louisiana. You know, I've traveled. Everybody's, you know, wherever you go, when you even if they speak no English, if you say you're from Louisiana, they know that means, <laughs> oh, good food. They <laughs> yes. know that, you know, we're known for good food the whole state, but they're usually thinking about down south. And so, like you said, there's so much to see in this state. It's a, if you eat nothing, it's beautiful just to look at. So um, we have we have a really cool state, and so I'm trying to do my best to kind of get people, you know, eating what we eat here up north. Well, you are doing a great job at it. And Chef Hardette, we only have about a couple minutes left, so I want you to tell our listeners where they can find you and how they can find out more about you in case uh, they're up for a fun road trip to come visit you. Sure. I am on Instagram, Chef HDH. I have a website, usupnorth.com. My restaurant is called Us Up North. It's 300 North Allen. Um, Instagram is Chef HDH. And I write in Louisiana Kitchen and Culture an article called Up North. I've been writing since 2015. And it talks about my life, my food, my family experiences with um, North Louisiana foods. So um, that's pretty cool. I'm writing one right now about home cooks. Also, Lola Magazine, I write a recipe article. And I'm working on a cookbook about North Louisiana cuisine. So hopefully that'll be coming out soon. Well, I can't wait till it comes out. We'll get you back on the show. And if anybody does go up to see Chef Hardette at Us Up North, do not miss the pork chop. That (laughs) smothered pork chop and gravy was like a happy moment of childhood coming back to me I was so it was so awesome and I we had two of them and I wouldn't let my husband have the other one so (laughs) (laughs) well thank you it's one of the things I really like cooking and I've started kind of making them every Sunday so yeah so if you come up north ask for that pork chop (laughs) thank you so much y'all have been listening to WRBH radio 88.3 FM we had Chef Hardette Harris with us up north on the show today make sure you listen again next time and go visit her You've been listening to Chef Amy here on WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. Until next time, ciao.